0: Dirk frowned across the bar at his younger brother, Evan. He was still prattling on and on about this morning. They had been out hunting when he found the body of a young boy in the woods. By they were hunting, that he meant Dirk. Evan had tagged along to stay out of their mother's way. He was a terrible hunter and too clumsy to be trusted in the woods alone. The boy had been mauled by a gi- the giant boar that had been rampaging across the whole kingdom. "'Evan had been tromping through the brush, "'scaring all the game away from Dirk "'when he tripped on a root and belly flopped onto the ground "'and came face to face with the boy's remains. "'Now he was in the tavern, basking in all the attention, "'the same way he had been when they had accidentally come across "'the Princess Lily in the same woods. "'She had been chatting with Evan the whole hour when Dirk found them, "'and the whole village had been excited to hear about the legendary beauty. "'Just then... Aiden, the merchant's boy, came peeling into the tavern. "'His face was flushed and sweaty, and he gasped to catch his breath. "'As soon as he had, he told them all the big news. "'The king had had enough of this boar terrorizing his people. "'He hadn't wanted to do it, but he finally put out the order. "'The demon of the woods must die. "'Whoever does the deed would get to marry the king's youngest daughter, Princess Lily.' With that, Evan leaped to his feet. I'll do it! I'll get the monster and win my lady love! And with that, Evan was out the door. The tavern exploded in a cacophony of laughter. Everyone knew that Evan was the worst hunter in town. A few of the older patrons cuffed Dirk on the shoulder, laughing and shaking their heads. They knew Evan would never succeed without his brother's superior skills. After a Few more rounds, the men were sloshing their drinks and chuckling about how Evan wouldn't find the boar. Even if he did, he would never survive the encounter. Dirk laughed and told them not to get his hopes up. The drunken fools laughed at his joke. They thought he was joking. Eventually, he had had enough to drink, blinked hard a few times, and rose unsteadily from his chair. It was time to go home. "'Evan tripped and shuffled his way, his gangly limbs through the woods. "'He hummed and bounced between the trees, overjoyed. "'He was so happy that he was going to see the Princess Lily again. "'She had been so kind when they had met in the woods, "'he had gotten caught in one of his brother's fox traps. "'She hadn't laughed or mocked him. "'She had just smiled and dismounted her horse to set him free. "'Soon they were talking and carrying on like old friends. "'It was as if they had spent decades together.' Lily's green eyes had sparkled behind her dark auburn curls. He was shaken from his blissful daydream when a tiny man hopped into his path. He told Evan that he had seen that he was good and pure of heart, and as such, he would help him. He presented Evan with a small black spear that was the proper size for the dwarf, but a bit small for Evan. It was smooth and bejeweled around the tip, and the dwarf said that he was sure that it would do the trick. He had hardly taken the little spear in hand when he heard the stomping and huffing of the beast behind him. Dirk crossed the little wooden bridge on the way home. Even now, he was not quite drunk enough to ignore the gasping and grunting of someone coming up behind him. He turned and blinked his watery eyes. Evan was pushing a wheelbarrow over the little wooden bridge. It was overflowing with the remains of a massive boar. When he saw Dirk, Evan almost hopped up and down with excitement. He babbled on and on, and it all sounded blurry and mumbly to him. He wasn't sure exactly what Evan was saying, but it was clear that, yet again, he had gotten everything he wanted. A life of luxury and riches and a beautiful wife to spend it with. Best of all, now he could rub it in Dirk's face. He went on and on about his dreams and how magnificent his life would be while Dirk pictured his whole life toiling away in the hot sun. He wasn't really sure how it had happened. With how much he had had to drink, he could never remember clearly, but at some point he had grabbed a huge stone and smashed his brother's skull. He buried him deeply in the creek bed, then pushed the wheelbarrow into town to collect his claim to a better future years later a young shepherd named pip was looking for a new pasture for his sheep he crossed over a crumbling old wooden bridge that had begun to decay with age the old creek beneath the bridge had dried up long ago and the town had dried up with it but the rich soil of the former creek bed had the most lovely green grass he had seen all day he stopped and allowed his sheep to fiend he sat on a somewhat steady bit of the bridge and took out his pipe to play when he saw something small and white gleaming against the dark soil and dense grass. He leaned over to pick it up, and he noticed that it was a small bone, probably the neck bone of a large animal. As he washed it with the water from his canteen, he realized that it was the perfect size and shape to be a mouthpiece for his pipe. Oh, dear shepherd, you are blowing your horn with one of my bones, which might which night and morn lie unburied beneath the wave where I was thrown in a sandy grave. I killed the wild boar and my brother slew me and gained the princess by pretending t'was he. Oh, Oliver growled. He doesn't like that. <laughs> Pip dropped the instrument. A man's voice had rung out from the horn, singing clearly as he played. He shuddered at the tune, the... P- "'Possessed Pipe had played. "'The prince, the husband of the beautiful Princess Lily. "'Could this be referring to him?' "'Impossible. "'He would never kill his brother. "'He had died trying to fight the boar. "'Still, the whole situation made him uncomfortable, "'and he thought it would be best to take it to the court "'and see what was made of it. "'Princess Lily, sat next to her father and her husband, Dirk, "'sat on the king's other side.' It was the first time she had seen him for over a week. He didn't even spare her a glance. They had not gotten along well since the wedding, but the last year had been filled with fighting and screaming. Once the guards had even had to prevent him from striking her. More than once she found herself wishing that his younger brother had won her hand. He was also a commoner, but he had been kind. All she wanted was for the person she married to also be her friend. But heavy is the head that wears the crown. Today was audience day, the day that the common people came before the king with their needs and requests. Personally, she enjoyed getting to know her people better. Dirk, however, would rather spend his time cavorting around town with the local ne'er-do-wells. He would roll his eyes and mock the locals as if he hadn't once been a commoner, working-class man all himself. All his mockery stopped, however, when a young shepherd named Pippt, "'approached the king, trembling, and quietly told the king "'that he thought he could report a murder. "'You think?' Dirk asked. "'If you're wasting our time, you'd better be sure.' "'Why do you think there was a murder, my son?' "'the king asked gently, casting a scolding eye at his son-in-law. "'Well, my horn says so,' the poor timid boy stammered. "'Out of pity, one of the guards stepped forward.' "'Your Highness, the lad played his horn for us before we allowed him to enter. "'I really do think that if you would allow him to play, "'perhaps your Majesty could better see past a young man's nerves.' "'He placed a large comforting hand on the boy's shoulder. "'The king looked from the guard to his captain. "'The captain of the guard was pale and stern, but shook his head. "'The boy needed to be heard. "'The boy pressed his lips to the mouthpiece.' and what came out next was a tune so mournful that the good princess was moved to tears. The king was also transfixed, but Prince Dirk no longer looked smug. He seemed to be working himself into a silent, simmering rage. This rage only grew as the tune from the pipes shifted to a man's haunting tenor voice. "'Ah, dear shepherd, you are blowing your horn with one of my bones, "'which night and morn lie unburied beneath the wave where I was thrown in a sandy grave.' I killed the wild boar, and my brother slew me, and gained the princess by pretending t'was he. The room grew silent, and everyone stared at Prince Dirk, whose face had turned from red to white. He stood abruptly and slow-clapped mockingly. "'Very good, kid. You are a magnificent puppeteer, but I can write a song about wearing live monkeys for shoes. That doesn't make it so.' it should be easy enough to confirm said the king rising to his feet where did you find the bone lad the smug smirk slid off dirk's face as pip described the place and the whole party mounted horses and went in search when they arrived at the creek they dug into the black soil and soon enough they found evan's remains perfectly intact except for the missing neck bone that was in the shepherd's pipe and the hopelessly shattered skull Dirk had been growing more and more uncomfortable through the whole search and was panting in frustration as the king announced confidently that this was not the work of a boar. He looked at his son-in-law. Do you have anything to say about this? he asked. He was hoping for a denial, for any reason why his own family couldn't be responsible for this tragedy. What he got was, my only regret was that I didn't bury him deeper, he growled. With that, the older brother was hung for murder, the younger brother was given a proper burial, and Pip was allowed to keep the mouthpiece for his horn, but it never sang again. Hey everyone, Lemonade Mermaid here, and this week's story was The Singing Bone. This is a shorter one, but it's pretty interesting to me. I think it really appeals to our sense of justice as a society. You know, we see many crimes happen, probably less since the advent of DNA, but many crimes happen where the proper person is never really brought to justice for it, even if it's like a minor crime, like somebody telling a lie about you. And so stories like this were often told in fairy tale times, and while they're not romantic, they're not, you know, they don't have a a moral per se, they kind of are made to cater to our desire for justice to be served, for people who have done wrong to be held accountable for that, which doesn't always happen in the real world. And while the fairy tale world is a place of darkness and scary things, your your crimes do have a way of kind of catching up with you in the fairy tale realm. So uh, this story is here to kind of satisfy that sense that the truth always comes out and punishment is always dealt to evildoers when someone does wrong. Stories like this help us feel that in the end everyone gets what they deserve. But since this story obviously didn't turn out too well for Evan, um, I'm going to ask you. Think of your own sins, your thoughts, your angriest moments. Think of what you do when no one is looking. Do you really want to get what you deserve? I know I don't. And... So in that sense, maybe we should be a little more relieved that we don't live in the fairy tale world. I'm not saying I've like a guy's skull with a rock. I'm just saying none of us are perfect enough to deserve the comfort that the heroes often get in these fairy tales. I did kind of read through today's story a little quickly. It's because while Bailey has gotten over her cold from last week, now, Oliver seems to have the exact same cold, so I'm trying to kind of read and finish up before he starts coughing because it does sound much worse than it is and i'm since he's got all the same symptoms, I'm guessing it's the same same cold as his sister, so he'll probably be beyond it in about a week, but it's not the most attractive sound, so I'm trying <laughs> trying to get this done before you have to hear any of that and he's taken a nap, so he should be feeling much better later. If you like this podcast and you would like to hear more fairy tales, um, please like and subscribe to help me beat the big tech algorithms. If you really want to help in the most meaningful way, you could partner up with me by um, contributing on my Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash southernfried, which has many different tiers. You can join for as little as a dollar, and uh, there are special benefits and special extra content that you get by joining us at patreon.com and that and it just kind of helps keep this podcast going so I would definitely appreciate any help that you'd be willing to contribute if you can I don't want to you know try and push you beyond your means I know a lot of people aren't able to work right now and so I know that we're all kind of stretched pretty thin these days but uh If you aren't able to contribute financially, again, I'd just be really grateful if you would like and subscribe. It costs you nothing and it would really, really help me. You can also follow my video segments on Rumble, where they are also under the name Southern Fried Storytime. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Next week we will continue along our Halloween specials with one of my favorites. We're going to do The Legend of Sleepy Hollow next week, so I expect it to be quite a bit longer, which will kind of make up for these last two weeks that have been a bit on the short side, but I've known all the way through building up to The Legend of Sleepy Hollow that that was going to be a pretty long segment, and I hope you look forward to it as much as I do. Have a great weekend.